right, all right. How's everybody doing? Three o'clock in the afternoon, Tuesday. Come on, where you at? Where you at? Come on, Mama D on the stage. Go, girl. Go, Lady D. Lady D, we're going to sit down here on the end, and so it is an honor for Delenn and I to host this app. We're really just hosting because we've got some dynamic couples that we're going to be interviewing and talking to. One of the reasons why we do this is because there, there's just so many incredible leaders that are here, and I believe there are about 40 to 50 different voices that you'll hear in the apps over the two days. We've got about 20-something worship leaders from a lot of different churches, and then uh, over 37 different people We'll, we'll step on stage uh, at one of our stages. So we're trying to, we really believe that ARC is a collective of voices and that some people you could just learn from in another angle and when, it, when it's contextualized, which is something very important to us as we talk about ARC family. We're really trying to figure that out a lot right now. It's, it's a, our team is spending a lot of time on that. And so it's an honor to have some other couples with us. Uh, they are lead team couples, which means when ARC started with uh, Billy Hornsby 17 years ago, uh, Billy, my Myself, Greg Surratt, Scott Hornsby, his brother, who's just a dear friend, and 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 then uh, we, we decided to plant Pastor Chris and Rick Bezet, and then out of that plant, then we said, who are some other friends that could come be a part of this early on, and and we we just got some guys that and couples to be a part of that, and these are some of those couples. So that that makes up our lead team who helps just make decisions, do the best we can to meet needs of, of, of church planters and pastors, existing churches. So we've got some of those with us, some of our dear friends. Uh, that are here. So I'm going to ask uh, the Sieblings, John and Leslie Siebling, who are pastor in an incredible church uh, in Memphis, a dynamic church. And then Joe and Laura Champion, who we love, love, love in Austin. And then the incredible, there's no one like Herbert and Tiffany Cooper. Come on, People's Church. Got the best name. The best name. <laughs> Thank you very much for that standing ovation, young man. You understand honor. Somebody give that man a $100 bill. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. Seven on seven right now. You go hard. He was like, he was like jump. You saw him jump at me for a second? You see that coach? He jumped at me. I love that. That's awesome. He was a Herbert Cooper fan. And uh, Herbert, you're looking good in your denim. You just know you look good in denim. I love a man in denim right there. Joe Champion got that leather et jacket going on. I love some leather et. It's Italian leather et. And then uh, it's always good to have John Siebling, who's got the best radio voice on the planet. You want to say something about the girls here? How much you love them? Oh, there's nothing like Leslie Siebling. She is an angel on earth. Love her, my dear friend, and Lori, gorgeous blonde Lori that I love. And she told me that I embarrassed her one time. Earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, what did I say? Lori, <laughs> we're just talking. One of the first times that um, we had an ARC women thing and in the women's out session, Martha was talking about it. It was like a tea. And so Delenn was saying, you know, you always want to look like somebody else. Like, you want to be tall. She goes, I want it to be, I want it to be tall and blonde like Lori. But she said, Lori, stand up. She goes, but look, Lori has roots. She goes, I, I thought Lori was a natural blonde. And so in front of everybody, she's told, she outed me. Sorry about that, Lori. Forgive me all these years later. <laughs> I just, I don't have a filter very much. And gorgeous Tiffany Cooper. Love this girl. I'm so glad to see you. I hadn't even seen you yet at the conference. Woo! So give it up for the girls. Woo! Oh, I'm starting off. Here we go. Okay, just if every couple could just kind of tell us a couple minutes, what's going on in your world right now? Just a couple minutes. Herbert, would you start on the end? We'll come this way. Sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what's going on in our world is 
Uh, man, we've been married now 20 years, and we got four children that are keeping us crazy busy. Uh, 14, uh, 12, he's going to be 13 soon, and, uh, and then we got an 11-year-old little girl and a 9-year-old little boy, and we are hooping it up, and dan- we got a dance recital going on today that mama got them all ready, mama got the little girl ready for, and, and been passing our church now in May for 16 years, and so uh, that's kind of what's going on, big family life and pastoring, and we are more in love than ever before. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany, anything to add? What's happening in your world, Tiffany? Hey, what he said. I mean, we are, we truly are just like, always want to be together now. It's like second honeymoon. I don't know. 20 years did something to us. But um, so in love, learning about each other like crazy again in this season of life. Um, relearning each other, and just having such a blast raising our kids in this season of life. It's a lot easier. They're older. They're more independent. I kind of like that. Um, Seeing them um, get involved um, in church more with their giftings, it's just a great season. Just loving Lori. (laughs) Please. Love you. Love, 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 love. Last night, we were kill, 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 kill. Whoa, 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 no, no whoa. More. We, we don't want to know anymore about your love. Hold up, hold Can't up. take it no more, but today, just by being around the Coopers, we just so You wanted love. to kill each other last night? Is that uh, what yeah, you said? Sure. yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Church. Well, y'all boys stayed at my house last night. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah. Y'all were alone. Yeah, so two of our sons are uh, at the Rizzo pad, thank God, because we didn't want them in our room. And um, so where are we? We're almost 28 years this coming July married. And uh, we have three boys, 25, 21, and 18. Uh, our oldest one is married now, so Lori's finally got a girl in the house. And um, we love that. We love that Mason and Caroline live in Austin. And then we have our 21-year-old who's now on staff full-time with us. And uh, Connor is doing awesome, and it's great to have him. He's living with us right now. He's finishing up school. And uh, the issue with a 21-year-old now newly on staff after us doing this for almost 18 years coming up. Yeah, Connor, I don't even know if he's in here before I really start saying some stuff about him. But I said, Connor, you're, if you want to live with us and be on staff, when, I, when we come home, don't like at 945 go, you know, Dad, you know what's going on like in this department right now? Yeah. And then he'll all of a sudden say something like, Oh, give me the phone. Like, I'm ready to start calling people. And so he'll stir stuff up or he'll just, I said, Connor, I just don't, just when we go home, we go home. Don't bring up church. Don't, just let us enjoy it. We didn't do this to you, so don't do this to me. Um, So that's kind of fun to be around him. And he's always coming home with something that's wrong with the church. That's awesome. Uh, And then um, our 18-year-old Jackson, he's a senior in high school who really doesn't go to school, but he uh, will be at Church of the Highlands because he couldn't get into anywhere else. And he will be here... uh, I'm not saying that's easy for Highland's entrance. I'm just saying he doesn't have anything else to do. So he, uh, and we heard there's maybe a scholarship for you, (laughs) pastor's kids. Anyway, um, what else is going on? Well, being that he wants to come here to Highlands College, we said what it's going to be, I mean, so we're, this is kind of emotional. We're about to transition into being kind of empty nesters if we can get Connor relaunched, um, and, and so we said, we said, what is the thing that you're most looking forward to going off to college in Birmingham, Alabama? And he said, 
the Rizzo's. <laughs> so um, it's, it really is a testament to, you know, that we are better together and yes. doing life together and that my kids, you know, want to go to college to be with the Rizzo's. So that's awesome. Send them all here. They just come to our house. They're on their way. We do feel like that. All of our families are close. Yep. Our kids are close. And that's, that's just been a big win. We, we, we don't know where we'd be without these three couples. They're, they're like family. John? Well, we um, celebrate 28 years of marriage in August. Started our church uh, 21 years ago. Have two amazing kids, Anna, who is on the front row right here, on the front row in our internship program. She's 20. And we have a son who is in 10th grade, 16. We don't know what he's doing right now. We're hoping, <laughs> we're just praying. We're believing God uh, that he's at school today. <laughs> you have to check the, we just got to check find friends real quick and just make sure that... Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great season for us. Uh, church is, is fantastic family as well. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to days ahead. Days ahead, yep. And we have um, two dogs. <laughs> I'm laughing because I brought them to the kennel yesterday so we could come. And John said, oh good, we'll have a peaceful night and a peaceful morning without the dogs. Yes. We made it through uh, parenting without being Child, having a child-centered parenting type home. We did that pretty good, but now we have a dog-centered home. So anyway, silly, silly, but all good. Don't be bitter about the dogs. Yeah, that's awesome. Delena, we've been married 29 years. We are the oldest ones here. And uh, 30 years, December 16th. Wow. And uh, it'll be a, a real exciting. It's a big one. We're going for it. Uh, I'm available to work, do outreach for you. If you need a second pastor job or anything like that, I'll come and work for you uh, to get ready for that 30th anniversary. Uh, so I'll, I'll do, I'll moonlight, uh, give out bottled water and things like that. And so uh, we're looking forward to it. We have three children. Uh, McCall is, is working here at Church of the Highlands, uh, just got engaged, has a great job. And then our son Dylan is up in New York and is up there serving at the Hillsong Church. And then Isabella is a junior and uh, her and Dylan are twins at this age, which is incredible. They're identical twins right now. And, uh, and so we're having a blast here. We pastored for 20 years in Baton Rouge, and now we're serving here in, in Birmingham. Get to serve Ark, get to serve Church of the Highlands. So we're having a lot of fun. Let's, let's get to some questions. We're going to talk for about, probably about 45, 50 minutes. And then what we'll do, uh, we, we've liked doing this the last couple of years when possible, is when we're done, I'll ask our panel to come off stage. And if you want to meet them, talk to them, ask them any questions. If you don't mind staying a few, for a few more minutes, that's worked in a lot of our uh, other settings because we want to be there for you. We want to connect and we want to shake your hand or anything at all, whatever it would be appealing. Maybe it's not important, but we, we want to make ourselves available to you. Um, let's, let's, uh, first question for the Coopers because we get this a lot even at ARC. Uh, we do panels, different things. <clears throat> Everybody's talking about balance. Everybody's talking about how do, you, how do you juggle. And so with young kids, growing church, what has been your solution for sanity? Because uh, there's a lot of moving parts. I, I usually, I, I'll come and be with you guys once a year. And even though that Sunday, there's stuff going on with your kids. And so what's been the solution for sanity? All right. Um, I think um, 
I mean, there are many factors, but honestly, and I do feel like this sounds cliche, but we truly, truly um, do sit down and look through our schedule on a calendar. Um, if you have kids, um, especially as they get into upper elementary um, through high school, you know that the activities just continue to increase um, and the things that they're involved in. Um, I would say, number one, um, they know that um, God's house and serving is a priority for our family. Um, so we make sure that all of our activities um, are scheduled around those times to serve. Um, so we're very careful about not doing too much. Um, but I would say that um, Herbert and I, um, we tend to on our date nights sit down and just take a portion of that time and together just look through, okay, what's coming up in the next week, the next two weeks? Let's look ahead a couple months. Um, I just feel like it cuts down on the chaos so much between us if we're on the same page and if we're very intentional about making sure that um, we're not filling up our calendar entirely, just go, 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 go. Um, what would you add to that, sweetie? Yeah, I would just say that I think the key word Tiffany said is just intentionality. So they're just things that we, uh, if you don't plan your calendar, your calendar plan you and run you. And so it's getting intentional on the front end. So we sit, out, sit down and Thursday night's our date night. And, you know, it's, it happens 80, 85% of the time. So it's on our calendar unless I'm gone or something's crazy happening with the kids. I mean, that, that's just consistent. Friday night's our family date night. And so the kids would go out. That's when we eat unhealthy, eat pizza or whatever for them. You know what I mean? So we, but just putting those things on the calendar helps so that you know, you, you, you already know what's on your calendar. You can schedule around those things that you know are important family moments and keep you connected uh, throughout a week. So I just think intentionality has been big for us because life is busy. Church is busy. Life is busy. And if you don't control it, it really will control you. So I think that's intentionality. That's, awesome. that's so good. Does he not look just like Denzel? Gosh, and that voice every time, like, you're just Denzel. <laughs> they have some of the best kids. Can I just tell y'all too? I mean, yes, they, they are great parents and their kids are just like cream of the crop. Every time we go to their church, they just melt my heart and they're just such true little worshipers. They'll just worship in church so sincere. So you are doing a great job. We're gonna start praying for you now as they enter the teenage years. Um, let me talk to you for a second, John and Leslie. In raising kids, how, have, how do you handle living your life with its ups and downs and with kids? You know, PKs, we know they kind of live in a fishbowl and we know they're not perfect. How have you handled navigating all that? Um, I think it, you know, I actually think we are feeling it now more than we've ever felt it. Our son, who's 16, was raised, I think, more within the prominent years of the church. Our daughter, 20, wasn't really, I think, as, um, I don't think she felt the pressure as much. The church wasn't as large as it is now. I think we're feeling it more with him. Um, and it's just really trying to, we, we always tried to not use that word PK. We had, I remember somebody, somebody, a guest speaker or something came in and, and it came into the green room and, oh, they have the PK said to our kids and, and our kids didn't even know what that, what that meant. Uh, and so we, we kind of tried to shield them from like the, this, the deficits of ministry, you know, or the pressures of ministry. And we always said it more like you got it made. You're blessed. You get to be a part of something great. You get to 
be exposed to things that are, are pretty significant. And so I guess it really isn't until recently that we have felt some of the fishbowl, some of the, the, and I would say it more from a perspective of understanding maybe the pressure that your kids are under. That we didn't, I didn't feel I didn't like. Grow up, I didn't grow up in a pastor. Yeah, we, we weren't pastors. We didn't have, our parents weren't pastors. So we didn't really understand that concept for much per se. So um, as far as how you handle, I think, you know, we try to talk about it. We pray for our kids. I mean, you know, in a, in a, in a big way. And so, yeah. Yep. I was just going to say our pastors, we um, were privileged to serve a family that had six kids. And so uh, before we had any kids, you know, saw family life and in the ministry. And one thing, uh, one of the most amazing things I gleaned from them as a family, um, Miss Amy used to always say, you know, we teach our kids to do and don't do things because they're a Christian, not because they're a pastor's kid. So as as a pastor myself, I don't behave a certain way because I'm a pastor. I behave a certain way because I love and follow Jesus. And so we've always tried to put that before our kids. And, you know, even in the age they're at, determining what God's calling is on their life. And there's so much pressure, you know, well, so-and-so, you know, am I going to have to be a pastor? Am I going to have to, you know, those kind of questions are starting to arise for our kids. And it's like, you can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to be in the ministry, but you have to love and serve God. And so we've tried to kind of keep that before him. You know, the, the, the jury's still out, but you know, that's been our heart and trying to make them, they're just people. You know, I talked to somebody at my son's school the other day, another mom, and we were talking on the phone and somehow it came out what we did. And she was like, oh my gosh, I watch you on TV. And just was like, and I said, I'm just Leslie. I'm just Mark's mom. You know, I'm just a normal school mom. You know, that's who I am and happen to be a Christian and happen to pastor a church. And, but just kind of having a consolidated life instead of always pulling out that that's the only thing about our life. Our life is actually much bigger than the church we pastor. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess one more thing I would say is uh, maybe what we didn't do well is actually talk about it because we didn't really yeah we tried to protect them we tried to protect bit. them but maybe now we're realizing the 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 uh have, having you know having regular I'll, I'll be with mark or be out in the community and or, or or with anna and someone will come up and say hi or people interrupt our dinner all the time and when we're eating out and all that kind of stuff and so i guess i've learned to say you know i'm sorry uh, to mark i'm sorry i'm sorry we were, i know we're just trying to go hang out a little bit and uh you know, uh, I think that means something just to acknowledge it more than just act like it doesn't, the pressure of it doesn't exist, you know? That's great. Dylan, That's could awesome. I just add one quick tip that maybe somebody taught me really quick about the kids? For younger kids, um, they do feel so overwhelmed because everybody feels like they know them. Yes. And yep. your kids have no clue who these people are. Um, and people are hearing wonderful things about them from the platform and seeing things on social media or whatever. Um, I think one of the things that helped my kids is when they were younger talking, even on the way to church saying, okay guys, just now, so you know people, you know, these people love you. They're not trying to make you uncomfortable. They really love mm -hmm. you. But if you feel uncomfortable, you come close to me, you yeah. put your arm around me and I will put my arm around you. 
and I never made my kids, I know it maybe would seem rude, but I never made them talk back. (laughs) I I didn't care if people thought my kids were rude or shy. I just said, you don't have to talk to people right now if you feel uncomfortable. And now that they're older, I can't hardly get them out of the church because they just want to talk and talk and talk and talk to people. But it's really overwhelming for young kids um, to have people always coming up to them and wanting to touch them and hug them and talk to them. Yeah. So good. That's very good. So good. I needed to hear that a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> that is great, great. Champions, let's talk about our adult children. You know, you're in the middle of raising adult children, and, you know, we found that as our kids get older, it doesn't get easier. And I used to think, you know, all those sleepless nights, and you're just so tired, and just think you can't make it another day, that that was the hardest time. But really, for us, we've learned just the emotional part of it just pulls at your heart when they get older, if they don't make the right decisions, or you're worried about their future. How have y'all navigated that? Because you have great boys. And then maybe, is there anything you would have done differently? Um, it does, you know, someone in the seven on seven or whenever said, there's just more zeros. I mean, it was Daniel Floyd. He said, there's just more zeros. And, and, you know, when your kids are making decisions that affect their life, like, you know, what their career is, who they're going to end up marrying, which is, if you're single in here, that is the biggest predictor of your success in ministry is who you marry. So marry well. Um, you just long for the days of potty training. <laughs> you, know? you just long for those days. Um, but navigating it with, with our kids, first of all, when, when they went off to college, um, and they, they kind of made this choice because we so instilled in them the house of God and being planted, that they really picked their colleges by what ARC churches, specifically ARC churches, were in the area. Because that is the most important time of your kid's life to be planted in the house of God and to be surrounded by um, friends in the ministry. I mean, all of us, these six, we were all in Baton Rouge and co- you know, college um, experiences together and, and that kind of thing. And, and those things, those relationships shaped who we married. Um, it shaped how we were, how our health was spiritually to make those decisions. And um, like, like Leslie said about helping them into what the calling of God is for their lives. Um, I'm fifth generation ministry on both sides of my family, PK on both sides of my family. And um, I wanted to launch out and be an attorney. And I didn't (laughs) because God called me to ministry and and it was wonderful. But we've also um, told her, never put pressure on our kids that they have to be in ministry. And we've also never kind of imposed our kids on the church either because, um, you know, Connor, when he felt like, okay, I'm called to ministry, um, he went through the same interview process as everybody else did. <laughs> and he has the same reporting structure as everybody else did. And so we felt like having that balance because there are some privileges, but there's also some penalties of being a pastor's kid. And you're trying to keep them grounded and um, in it for the right reason, and, and there's certainly opportunity for kids to get into ministry for the wrong reasons now, because when we were growing up, it was like you took a vow of poverty, you know, <laughs> and you were gonna sit in the back room and teach Sunday school and set up chairs, you know, and now, you know, a lot of times kids are going into it for a stage or, or whatever, so um, it's, it's important that you keep that communication open 
um, when Mason was trying to pick his, his wife, um, he brought some girls into our home that, um, not like <laughs> a harem. Um, <laughs> one, at a, one at a time. One at a time, one at a time, the bachelor. We had our mini bachelor thing. Um, he wanted to see how they fit within our context of family and within our context of church. He wanted to see them worship at a worship service. Wow. And um, so he gave us, you know, one of the greatest gifts of our life, which is our daughter-in-law. And, you know, and so Connor is, is following suit in that too. And, and we're just, you don't stop having the conversations. And we had to tell our kids when they became teenagers, like, you know, your friends may not think it's cool to hang out with their parents, but we're, we're still a close family and we're still gonna hang out together and, and our kids are still picking us to hang out with. Mm, yep. Well, there's no doubt the older they get, the less you can fool them. And uh, the more uh, Christian, as you were saying, is the reality. Uh, they're going to find out as they start getting older. My parents just, uh, are they performers on a, on a platform? Or are they real people of God? And uh, that's, that's part of the challenge. Lori had to quit cussing as they began <laughs> to uh, realize what cuss words were. And... Uh, <laughs> couldn't lie on the phone, you know, like we've all done. Anyway, no, I'm just teasing. But um, there's, uh, as, at the age now that they are, uh, I kind of, I enjoy it because there is, uh, it's to watch the fruit of your labor. Uh, it's really cool to watch and maybe bring you some encouragement as we are all planters here. We've all, we're at even different stages, but now we're getting in that place to really enjoy watching them become uh, men of God, and uh, they love the church. They're fighters for our church. They are uh, jealous for the church in the godly way. They are um, supporters, they're builders. And um, so just be encouraged that you may, you may think right now this, this is gonna make them hate God. And we did for a while. We thought they were gonna not want anything to do with God during those early ugly, you know, they hated the church. Um, and, um, but now fast forwarding, uh, I will say, what do I need to clarify? They, oh, when I say they hated the church, <laughs> there was nothing good about our church. So why would they like it? And uh, so... Uh, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, we were in the library, guys. I mean, we had two rooms, adult side and children's side. And uh, it, was just, it was just bad. It was uh, ugly, uh, demonic. Uh, it would have been better to be another religion, honestly. Uh, but God is faithful. And, uh, and if, you're if you're faithful to let them know how you suck at doing what you're doing, they will respect you for it. Uh, and I don't use that word, but John does. But anyway, with that being said, talk, let them know. Guys, hey, we, we, we understand what you're feeling. We're going through this. We're going to make it. Now, we didn't bring stuff home. We did protect. But, uh, you know, we were real world. We were, we, this, was, this is real life. This is... We're not doing a game here. Right. And uh, yep. I, I can't stress that enough. You know, the whole thing with David, my, one of my favorite thoughts about David was the whole thing comes back to right before Goliath, the lion and the bear, the lion and the bear. In other words, when he was little or when those things were not in the big leagues, if you will, he was, he was living this life <coughs> in the private, living this life before anybody ever saw him. David was a king before he was a king. Yeah. David didn't become a king. He lived like a king and then God promoted him to another level of kingdom. So I just think that just has to be the, the predominant spirit of, of having 
uh, children and now that they're adults and then releasing them into more responsibility. That's good. That's so good. I think we, you know, it's, it's been a learning process. You know, I think like what uh, John said, I look back and we probably didn't talk about it enough. How different, because we didn't come up like that. We, we were not, I was not raised, she was raised, but her dad was a coach and volunteer. So it wasn't that, it wasn't the, our, our worlds would not orbit around it. And all of a sudden you have kids where your, your, your children do, it is everything. And, you know, probably just looking back now, it's like, now we talk a whole lot more about it. But that's a good thought. Let's change a thought around. Let's talk about leadership. So I think this is important because every one of us, every, every, as a couple, you have a different dynamic. I know Delenn and I did. And, and then we had a different dynamic in the cycle of where we were. So we, we plan a church. She's working full-time. I'm, I'm working. She's working a full-time job. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get the church going. We're living off of your income. I'm, I'm cutting grass Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, she's leading worship, getting off the stage, running back and, and taking care of nursery. <coughs> and then someone would knock on the nursery door and say, he's finishing up. And then she, we don't have it. You couldn't, you couldn't go inside. You had to run outside. So she'd run outside and come back in by the stage. And then, then all of a sudden we start having children. Our church is now growing and you're trying to lead the worship. You've got kids. And then all of a sudden God spoke to your heart to take over the women and now we're building a building. And so we just went through so many different dynamics and seasons. What's it like? I don't want to ask the whole panel this. What's it like for you leading in growth and expansion? And how do you separate that and kind of keep your passions clear and all together? What have you learned in those seasons where you, you lead together, but then there's a time, okay, she doesn't know everything going on at the church. She used to know her. Now, now you're back kind of plugged into the life of the church. There's been two years that you haven't been. What can we talk about? Give us some, some hints and some help. So maybe, John, you can start it, you guys, and, and work that way. Well, I think that the, the word, the key word that you just said is season. Yeah. And I think life is full of seasons. So there's a different season when the kids are younger. There's different challenges, the potty training versus the, the you know, teenage years. And so um, I just think it's important to live in the season. Yeah. Sometimes you try to compare yourself to somebody who is in a totally different season. So you think, well, I should be doing that. And the, the worst kind of pressure you can put on yourself is to try to be somebody you're not or try to live in somebody else's shoes or try to uh, occupy a season that you're not in. And so there have been seasons where Leslie was not as involved as, you know, as she wanted to be in church. And, you know, she's in a season now where she's much more involved, but there's still challenges that she has to deal with uh, at home or different things that we're, we're, you know, we're going through as a family. So, um, I just kind of feel like it's like a spirit, kind of you're, you're led by the Holy Spirit and you're dealing with every season uh, the way, you know, the way you, you know, the way you need to deal with that season. You want to add to that? Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, the old adage, um, you can have it all and do it all is really not true, right? You can't have it all and do it all, but you can have it all and do it all if you're in your lane like John said, doing what you're supposed to be doing right now. So in my season right now, if I'm being obedient to what God has called me to do, then I can have all 
and do all in that season. I can't live in yesterday's season and I can't live in tomorrow's season, but I have to be obedient with where I am and the God call on my life for right now. So there's that big God call, but I believe as we walk through life, there's different seasons, different challenges, different things that God may ask me to step up to. There's things that God may ask me to step back from. So I think we need to follow the spirit, you know, and not be so, um, like John said, maybe compare or look at other people. And, you know, God is not calling me to do what these other women are doing. God's not calling me to do what John's doing. You know, I have my own relationship with him and my own call of God and uh, giftings and talents. And, you know, being obedient to that, I think for all of us is key. And it's kind of like a dance. I mean, it's not easy. I feel like for my own life and even in our relationship and in the life of a church, it's like I kind of get comfortable somewhere and thinking, okay, this is great. And then, you know, a new bend in the road comes. So I think just being flexible and being honest and being open, continuing to be a learner, communication when it comes to us. Yeah, just one more thing to add. I know these other guys have a lot to add to it as well. It's just to be happy where you are. Yeah. I think the, you know, somebody asked me earlier today about the early years and I think he's in his first year, second year. I said, I just, I would have made a commitment to be a lot happier. <laughs> in those early years instead of looking to what's next and how do I get to that next level and how do I, how do I get us through this season is just to try to pull out from this season everything that God has and just be happy and enjoy it. And, and even the, some of the challenges you know, we're facing right now, we've just got to pull back and, and be encouraged and yeah. be happy about what the Lord's allowing us to, to walk through. And I, you know, I hear different people say, well, I'm, I'm laying that down right now for this. And I think, you know, that kind of sounds spiritual. And, um, you know, the worst thing you want to do is like as a, as, a, as a mom say, I'm laying my calling down, you know, because I need to be home with the kids. Well, it's a higher calling, you know, you're home, you're raising those kids and you, you're in that season that you're in. Obviously, I'm not a woman, easy for me to say, but I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you, you know, to watch, watch your language and watch, you know, your mentality about the season you're in right now. And let's just, you know, Try to find joy. Well, even to that, Paul, joy at, the end, in it. at the end of Paul's life, when he was uh, literally constrained and under house arrest, it says in the last chapter, book of Acts, it says, but Paul received everybody that came to him. In other words, he didn't quit yeah. ministry, even though he was under house arrest. God just, you just minister in a different place. Yeah, but, great. Uh, for Lori and I, um, we've always led together. And uh, she's always been wired, as she just said, her background is ministry. I'm background is my dad was a professional football coach and my family was anti-church and actually kind of laughed at people that went to church. And so with that, I, I need what she brings to the table and uh, what she sees. And so we've just been able to make sure that uh, we, we run in our lanes. We, we, we have had the seasons where you weren't at the church uh, at all with that early age with the kids. And then it was really bad. And that was probably when it was really bad. No question. And, uh, with that, um, let me tell you, there's a phrase, it's an old country phrase guys, especially for those that are early church planting or about to church plant, or you're still in that. If this church is going to make it phase, the thing that you got to be careful of is what we would be called. We'd call two ticks without a dog. You do not want to become that marriage where you're two ticks, but there's nobody to suck out any blood from except each other. Think about it. You end up turning on each other. You end up, you end up killing each other. You get mad at each other and just want to, you know, and, and there are those Sundays uh, 
I want to blame her. I want to, you know, well, if you'd have done this, you would have done that. And, and what we've got to make sure, uh, I'll never forget the one night we just said it, Lori, we're not going to lose each other trying to, trying to win people to Christ. We're not going to lose each yeah. other yeah. trying to build a church. Now, this is going to be the hardest thing we've ever done. But the reality is, is that if we lose this, yeah. what are we doing? What are we Lost building? Wrong, and yeah. if we turn on each other, yeah. and uh, it's just appreciating what each season yeah. is, yeah. what each role yeah. uh, has for that. There are those times where, I mean, she's, she's never, well, you don't preach on a typical weekend. We would together, tag team, but never by yourself. But just, uh, we've just it's a dance, as John was saying. If we're not careful, we end up, you can process the life right out of this thing. You gotta, you gotta make sure that, uh, uh, we understand that we are, we're in life. This is an organism. And, um, but together I know that I'm not who I can be and what the church will be if we're separated or apart from that. And so it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it is a mystery. I mean, Paul does describe, he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm describing a mystery. And then he says, it's about marriage. Marriage is a mystery. Ministry marriage is even a bigger ministry. And one of the things that's, that's changed, and I think particularly for women, church planters, you know, alongside your husband, this, um, is that when we, when we planted, we were the, we were the launch team. <laughs> we had three kids and us, but um, hopefully you're launching with way more. But, you know, even no matter where you start, as you grow, one of the things that I've been able to do is model to the staff um, whole, releasing ministry to other people and empowering other people to do ministry. Because when we first started, I was the worship leader, the youth director, the women's director, did all the finances, did, did all the administration. And so then you release it, I would say, when you're like, when somebody else is like 60 to 80% ready, so that you're giving over even things that like I love, I, you know, I was a worship leader forever, love leading worship, but I realized that I was kind of hogging the worship from the women's perspective as a woman, as a woman leader on the worship team. And so, you know, just to kind of be, be intentionally absent in some places so that they could come up and lead up. And um, so I would say that in our roles, Joe is the lead visionary and I'm the lead implementer. And so for years I was the executive pastor, but now I lead, um, I, I meet with the executive team every week, but it doesn't like stop with, stop with me because as our roles have taken us, not just within the church, but outside of the church to help other churches, you know, we're not always there on a day-to-day -day basis and the church life can't stop because I'm on a ministry trip or I'm at an art conference this week or whatever. And so just making sure that um, you don't become the bottleneck. And so we've always just kind of looked at each other. We're not two-headed, but we are uniquely gifted to complement each other. And we have one vision and Joe and I have the same vision, but our, our strengths are totally different. I mean, he's strong at things that I'm like terrible at and, and I'm strong at things that he's not so good at. So anyway, it, you, one of the wonderful things about church planning is for the first time in our marriage 17 years ago, out of the 28 years, we realized that God had really positioned us together to do this thing. And although it's looked different over 17 years, um, our strength has been two puts 10,000 to flight. <laughs> 
And that's really how God's wired you, whether you're at home or in the marketplace or working in full-time ministry. Yeah, I would just say, um, to, if you're struggling and trying to figure it out, it's, it's hard. Um, so Tiffany and I, we've had hard seasons, uh, trying to figure it out, crying, uh, not understanding, um, arguments, disagreements uh, in different seasons. And so I think it just takes uh, uh, understanding, forgiveness, grace, talking it through. It's messy. It's not always easy. It's not always a straight road. It's not, it's, we're in this new season. It's, we've got it. It's like, what? What are you doing? Why? What's going on? Why are you so consumed? You're giving more to the church than to me. And so we've had all of those dances and rhythms. Uh, I've probably blown it more than I've got it right. Um, but I think that's where communication comes in and grace comes in and forgiveness comes in and talking it through. And I'm not going anywhere. And if you go somewhere, I'm going with you. So don't go nowhere because I'm going with you anyway. So you might as well stay. Uh, so it's not easy. I don't want you to hear from us that this is easy. And boy, they, they got these, woo, we just flow. We just, we got the anointing. It's not, it's hard. You got to talk it through. We get in arguments just like y'all do. And it's not easy. And there's seasons. And sometimes those seasons are weeks and sometimes they're months. And then we've had a season of a year or two of pain and working it through and talking it through and upset and trying to figure it out. I let Tiffany, she can tell you more. Amen. Cause she's more holy than I am. And that's just the truth right there. So. <laughs> Um, well, yes, I mean, I absolutely second everything that Herbert said. You know, I think that um, it's just, it can be hard when um, the, the load of ministry is a lot in itself and family life is a lot in itself. And, you know, I would say for me um, specifically on this, you know, when we started the church, I was alongside I felt like for the ride, like in it all, I understood it kind of as they referred to earlier, like you know what's going on. Then as we started having kids, when I pulled back, I started to feel like that put a distance even between Herbert and I, because before we were doing everything together, going in the same direction. And it took a while. It was a work of God in my heart that needed to happen, but for us to even have that communication of my role is just as vital in what I'm doing for our family. And then I think there are seasons that we've gone through that were very challenging and difficult. And then those seasons, and some of you here may have experienced this, I felt like my greatest ministry and almost spiritual battle was to make sure I was keeping home um, steadfast and solid because he was caring so much. I'm, I mean, I was always amazed at how much he was able to carry in those seasons. And I had grace for him, but it wasn't easy. And um, it was something that we ended up having, you know, to work through together. And then even working together as a um, husband and wife on how can we successfully do marriage together? We didn't always, um, not marriage ministry, we didn't always do ministry the greatest together, and we could both say that. Um, and so for me sometimes, because I'm the less dominant personality, I'm go with the flow, it, it was easier for me just to step back um, and let Herbert take the lead because he's a better leader, he's the stronger personality um, in those ways. So I just, I would like to encourage you though that um, it is possible 
we have been married 20 years and we are in a better place than we've ever been on going in the same direction together with understanding um, and, and supporting one another in our differences. And um, it is a lot of conversation. It's a lot of honesty on both parts. Um, you have to be honest with your own stuff and even motives. And I don't wanna talk too long, but one more thing really quick. Um, I would even say specifically to women here, because I know I'm not alone. Um, even now, I come to an amazing conference like ARC, and all of a sudden, all this stuff starts like, like burning up in me, like, oh, look, at she just preached an amazing message. Oh, she just led worship. Oh, they're amazing. I'm not doing enough. Like that feeling of I'm not doing enough. And I think one of the things that um, the Lord has helped me with, and I wanna encourage you, is to follow the peace of the Lord with where the Holy Spirit has you in this season and not your own pressure that you're putting on yourself because you see people that you admire and respect doing so much. Um, because whatever you're doing, if you are following the peace of God, you're right where you need to be, so. Uh, that was good stuff, awesome. Tiffany. Good yeah. girl. Well, touching on what y'all talked about a little bit with conflict, I wanna ask the siblings, how do you fight fair and resolve conflict? Because that's a hard one. I know for us, <laughs> I'm still learning, I feel like. I mean, I've come a long way, but I mean, when he said amen, <laughs> when we were first married, I mean, I made him pay. Like when he made me mad or didn't do things the way I wanted him to, he paid for days. Like I didn't talk to him. We'd ride in the car and I'd just turn and look out the window and he'd roll the window down, try to mess my hair up. So <laughs> he was like, I'm a getter. And then I'd be like, stop. Just so immature, you know, just. No, I was, I was. No, I was, <laughs> I was a baby. But um, how do you, and I've even heard some couples say, you know, by 10 p.m., we're gonna have it all figured out and worked out. And that hasn't always worked for us. You know, how do you guys, because you're gonna get an argument. <laughs> 10 p.m., they're like, that's it. It's don't let the sun go down on your wrath. 10 p.m. for us, he's already I've sinned. asleep. So I have I sinned. I'm talking to myself. We gone to bed before, good night. I said good night. Yeah, yeah. Girl. That is true. Have to say about that? What was the question? I don't even know. Like, how do you fight fair? How do we fight fair? I don't know if we fight fair. We fight. We argue. Yeah. We we disagree. I think um, you know. In and I think you know. I guess to reiterate Daniel's Pastor Daniel's message, the zeros keep getting added, and the pressure doesn't go away. It intensifies. Church grows, the budget grows, the, you know, your, your kids grow, your, your, you know, financial, everything, the pressure just increases and it puts pressure on you as a couple, you know, primarily first. I think it starts first. We're the tip of the spear. We're the tip of the, of the, tip of the arrow. And so we're going to feel it first. Um, you know, Leslie, I'm thankful for her. She's, she is strong. She's got a strong opinion about everything. And um, she, you know, and, and so, and she will say it. She's not afraid to say it. And, and so, um, you know, we, we uh, that idea of going, you know, don't let the, whatever you were just talking about, I mean, is just, so what we've done is we just, we just agree that we disagree, we're gonna take it up tomorrow, I love you, we'll work it out, 
And, uh, you know, and so, or else we wouldn't go to sleep. You know, like, I mean, you're just gonna be up all night battling it through. So, um, but it never ends. I mean, we were, you know, night before we left here, we're, we're sitting down in the, you know, in the back of the, in, the, in our bedroom, the doors closed and, you know, working something through. That wasn't easy. It was hard. And, and it's reality. It's life. It never ends. This is really encouraging. I mean, really, like, a, I don't have any answers, but it's constant, you know, like, it, and the pressure is more and, you know, the, so I don't, I don't really know, you know, um, Herbert said it. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. If you do, I'm going with you. We're committed to the end. We, we're going to stay in the fight. I think Joe said it as well. We're not going to be two ticks. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> without a dog. our worst fights have been over the stupidest things. Yeah, yeah. of course. The, the worst fight we ever had was a trip that we were on for an anniversary in Italy. Nice. It was over ice cream. Literally over ice cream. And I said, I'm out of the ministry. I'm leaving. <laughs> we are hypocrites. We're hypocrites. I'm serious. We are gelato. We're, it was over. It was gelato. Yeah. And the way she, the way she said something to me, we were tired. We had flown in, and you do the deal. You get on uh, right. as soon as you land. You just don't stop. Just keep going. And so now it's like 11 o'clock. We had just come from the fountain, throwing some f uh, food in the fountain or coins, coins in the fountain, and uh, each other. Was it food or coins? That's, that's how the, tired. That's, that's how a tired. Big difference. Yeah, we were throwing pizza in the fountain, <laughs> and uh, and I'd already had like nine, literally nine different gelatos at nine different places. And I said, I'm going to go to uh, Lori. I want one more. We're on our way back to the hotel. She goes, Not again. And I just went, If I want gelato again, and I'm just telling you, all the hell broke loose. Wow. And we got back to the hotel. And it was, it was over gelato. Happy anniversary. Chief. And uh, what else was that issue? No, I mean, we just kept trying to one-up each other because I was like, you're not leaving. Okay, then what, what flight are you going to take? I mean, it was just crazy. Uh. So much that we did. I mean, we, we just started a campus in Italy, but we did not go back for like six years. Like you couldn't even bring up Italian food to us. We, it was, and we woke up and we were like, that was the stupidest thing. Wow. But we were just crazy tired in a tough season in our church, mm. you know, and all of those things that it, it's irrational. I mean, you can be irrational. And, and I think that, you know, from that, we learned that you have to take a step back <laughs> and you have... And, and shutting up. The difference... <laughs> no, seriously, we don't... I don't Shut say up. things that I would have said. It's just not worth it because you're going to wake up the next day going, what was I going to say that anyway? But you know, so, I, I would say too, though, and I totally agree with what you're saying. You're tired, you're exhausted, you're facing a lot of pressure. But there are real things that you're working through that are like, how are we gonna get, how are yeah. we gonna get through this? Because you're over here and I'm over here and how are we gonna, how are we, and, and unless you talk it through and fight it through and, you know, eat more gelato. I mean, really. Well, and that gelato was just revealing what was underneath. Oh, it the was, stress, the pressure absolutely. of the. And, and, and just some of the 
issues that she has against ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So I think our, honestly, our greatest strength is that we're willing to talk, you know, and it's not always pleasant and it's not always easy. Um, And sometimes, you know, on the, the more tender things that we have to confront with one another, sometimes it takes longer to get there. Uh, you know, than other times, but just that um, not being afraid to talk about the difficult things. You know, I think there are two things, you know, two things in breakdown and communication. Either it's so obvious to me and I just don't even get why he doesn't get it, or maybe it's so tender to me, it's very difficult to bring up, you know? And I think in, a, in our relationship, we've gotta be willing to have the tough conversations and gotta be willing to be committed to each other, you know, there's um, professional counseling, you know, that's an option if, if, you, if you hit a roadblock and you can't get past it, you know, one with another. Um, you know, it's, you always say it um, when we talk to the church about uh, relationships, you know, it's, I can't be, you know, always calling mama and them, you know, I gotta connect with John, you know, and um, mama and them, but um, not so that Louisiana. mama and them aren't good, but, um, but we've got to learn to work it out, you know? And so um, it's, it's a constant, and you, do, and, you, and you never arrive. Like I said, there's always kind of a twist in the turn and the road and mm-hmm. different things you face and different seasons. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's interesting that like Dylan is a talker. I mean, we're just, we're going to go deep and wide and just, just layers upon layers. And it's just, so I got a fifth dimension of, of Latin. And then, uh, and, and I, I guess what, where I'm selfish at is I feel like sometimes I talk all the time yeah. and I don't, I just, I want to, sometimes I come home and I think I want to be left alone. Yeah. And, and what's sad about that is like, you know, but the, I, is, and so I, I think one time I told her, I want to be left alone. And she was like, oh, okay, fine. I will leave you alone. Oh, no, girl, I was playing. I was just joking. I, no, that's not what I meant. I want to be left alone, alone. I just mean, and it's, it's like, and I mean, what God has dealt with me on, and I'm not there yet, is um, I have lived too often, and I've brought leftovers home to the house. And, um, and I, you know, you just don't want to be that way anymore. I enjoy uh, sitting with the lens. Sometimes we drink hot tea and I'm, I'm like, and we'll talk a lot, but sometimes I'll like, say, can we just sit here and, and just drink hot tea and hold hands and, and, you know, listen to silence. And, and, um, but it's an effort. It's, a, it, it's intentional effort, everyday work. And so, uh, you guys live it well. I think Dylan wants to ask you the last, we're going to, we're going to turn Let me the say one more thing corner. Too. Okay. Cause we're getting ready to bring it back up to a positive thing. Sometimes. So we can have a good night tonight. Sometimes it's and not, not do counseling through just the real evening. Quick, like sometimes it's not like, uh, we're just going to talk this through. Right. Sometimes it's a season. Yeah. Like Herbert said, and it's going to take a season <laughs> to work it through and to think it through. So instead of just like, cause I'm a task or like, let's check it off. Okay. Let's check it off the list, you know? And, so good. We could talk about that forever. So good. Can I add one other thing? Yes. Husbands don't, um, what's the word? I hate when Dino does this, when he knows there's something bothering me and he just wants to ignore it. Can I tell you that is a, a woman's pet peeve? You know, we want you to acknowledge there's an issue. None of us so, do that. Dino's, Dino does that. John, I know you do it too. <laughs> 
We'll, we'll talk to him later about it. Okay, thank you. But just, you know, it's better to just get things out in the open. That's why I'm a talker. So I'm not gonna let something fester and get worse. I'm like, let's deal with it right now. You know, and he just wants to, let's let it ride. And I will, yep. No, I won't, but don't let it ride because it'll just get worse. Okay, now, fun question. And we're gonna end this thing. What do you do for fun? And, <laughs> and how do you get refreshed? <laughs> yes. What do y'all do for fun? I don't, I don't think any of us know how to answer that question. I mean, we don't. We just, we're under pressure and stress, and it's no fun. No. Um, Used to be ice we, cream. we like to travel. We travel. We love to travel. We love, uh, if we can, we love to shop. I like to shop. I like, it's therapeutic. We don't, you know, always have to spend money, although that's usually what you do when you shop. But um, just to, you know, I mean, we love to eat. We love to go out to eat. We, uh, I don't know. I don't, what would you say we do for fun? Um, All those things? Champions? What do we do for fun? Well, it, we've been able to figure out ways when we were in the early days. Back in the day, it'd be uh, Six Flags in San Antonio. I mean, that was a big deal. Sure. And Shoney's Big Boy when it was open. Uh, we, we like to travel. Yeah. We would travel whatever we could afford to whatever level yep. from a Motel 6 to a Red Roof Inn. Uh, we would figure out ways to do that. Um, so we enjoy, we enjoy getting away. We'd try to figure out what was free, what was going on for free in the city. Uh, what else did we do for fun? Uh, gelato. Gelato. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say this because sometimes in church planning it can get tough, but you should make sure you have a really good sex life when you're planning a church because... Amen. Because... Amen. <laughs> because, you know, yes. women, you're the helpmate, and if you're not mating, you're not helping. And... Um, <laughs> And I think that sometimes we can get so busy that we don't do something that, you know, we were like, couldn't wait to get married to do. So, there we go. That was good. What are you gonna say about yeah, that? Well, <laughs> Tiffany likes to make out for fun, but for me, on, me, on the other hand, I, um, <laughs> no, we, we like to, we travel too as well. We go on a, we have a trip at least once or twice a year together. Uh, that's a lot of fun for us. Our Thursday night date nights are kind of uh, very therapeutic for us, and so we like to go out to eat, and we love to go to movies together. And I have to yep. discipline myself now not to get the popcorn because I found out how much saturated fat is in the popcorn, and it depressed me. But anyways, uh, so those are some things we like to do. What would you yeah. add? Yes, we do. We, um, we love going out to eat together. We love coffee shops. We'll go to Starbucks and he'll read the paper and I'll do my own thing. But just being together, we don't have to always be talking yep. or solving problems. Not even, we don't even want to talk about church stuff, you know, and those moments for us in coffee shops, um, it's just time to um, be together in a more um, peaceful, calm situation. We also love hanging out um, more recently um, in our room. We have some chairs. We love just sitting in there and almost like locking the kids out. And um, we just sit in there and talk. We've stopped watching TV. We've stopped watching TV uh, during like... Except for the Thunder Games. I was gonna say, the, yeah. And the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. So, but that's allowed us more time in the evenings um, when we get our kids to bed just to do whatever. I mean, yeah. 
but we're just not watching TV. We're either like just relaxing together, doing our own thing, but in the same space, or we're talking or other stuff, you know? So it's good. Nilan had the be- best time this year. We, we, did a, we did a bracket together, March Madness. <laughs> and Delyn is like into March Madness. And so she, her dad played basketball. She loves sports. So it, we had so much fun doing that. I mean, every night, there was one day, I think we watched basketball from like 10 a.m. to like 1 a.m. And it was like, did you hear her say it was awesome? I mean, you get a girl watch basketball with you for 15 hours. Where you want to go tomorrow, girl? What you want to buy? <laughs> so, it's like, God, dream come true. And, uh, and so we, we found some of those things. We have so much fun doing it. We love watching sports together. And uh, we love it. We love, we love to laugh, you know. It was, it was I think, one of the things, because uh, Delenn was hard to get. Oh, my goodness gracious. I had to work, work. I mean, it was, and it, it, she, I mean, she, she thought she was it on a stick, and she still thinks that way. And uh, I was in love with her. She was in like with me. I was telling her, I love you. And she was saying, thank you. <laughs> that is rough. And uh, so... But one of the things, I, I, I got her with my humor, and so I could make her laugh a lot. And you know, I, I think it was a couple of years ago, I realized that I was not making you laugh like I was. And that was the, one of the things that I think attracted her to me, and, which, and there were a lot of other things, uh, of course, it's a long list. Uh, I mean, when you look like Ric Flair, it just happens. I mean, you're the total package. And so... Um, Come on, Mark Clear. You know all about it. You married young also when Becca was 15. And so uh, uh, anyway, uh, so we, it just seems like over the last couple of years we've re- rediscovered. I try to make her laugh a lot. I'm always messing with her and just trying to use her humor uh, because you are under a lot of pressure. We acknowledge that. So we're up here saying we know that your life, whatever it may be, if you're here as a volunteer, if you're here as someone who works a full-time job and you love your church or your own staff or, or you're hoping to do something, you have a dream in your heart, we realize you're under a lot. And it's a lot. Uh, but we just want to love you. We, and we're, we're just grateful that you're here. I, I just want you to know how thankful that we are that you came to this conference. Just means the world. It's not about us. Uh, we've been waiting on you for 12 months. Or if you came to the West Coast. So we couldn't wait to get back here to see you. And so we love you guys like crazy. And then, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to finish up. <coughs> Our couples will be down here if you'd like to meet them or know about their church or know anything. And all of them do unique things and have such great churches. They're some of our closest friends. These are people that you can trust and bring into your church, do marriage stuff and things like that. And then tonight we start Mark Cleary. I think it's 7 o'clock sharp. I would be here early. Uh, it's getting a little tight in there. It's getting, even getting tight in here. And so if you, if you leave the campus, you want to get on back here. I wouldn't pull in at, at, at 7 or, or you may... We may see you at the after party. And uh, I know Pastor Chris is going to speak tonight. It's going to be dynamic. And then we've got some other neat things that are happening. And so uh, let's all stand. Delenn, what you pray for us? And we'll finish up. Okay, let's just pray. Why don't you take the person beside you's hand? Let's just agree together. Thank God for this time. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for all these amazing couples, Lord, as they just shared their heart and they were real to us. God, we know it's all about you. And God, when you're the center of our homes and our marriages and our churches and parenting, 
then God, it's gonna work. And it might have some bumps in the road, but Lord, eventually it's all gonna work for good. You promised us that. Lord, we just love you and praise you and we bless every person here in Jesus' name. Amen.